Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Logaman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome in. It's week three. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logaman, and Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. Good afternoon. What's up, Coach? Good afternoon, guys. Hey, not much. Just getting ready for the Houston Texans. Yeah, week three here. You know, um, you, you said earlier in the week after you know going into the the game against going the, into that game against the Chiefs, and then coming into the practice field this week, that last week's practices were were not up to par. How did, how did the team respond so far this week? They responded extremely well. Um, you know, we didn't have a, a our best week of practice for who knows for many reasons um and and yet the guys this is what this is what i appreciate about our team the resiliency of our football team how they bounce back how they respond and and responded with a really good practice you know yesterday and and um really um really attack the day you know and and i'm trying to do my part too by by trying to keep them as fresh as i can and i came out of pads about halfway through practice took the shoulder pads off you know and, and let them run around in their in their shorts and spider shells and 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 all of that but you know I, I'm, I'm trying to do the things that um you know a head coach should do to try to make sure his players are ready to go and the guys responded extremely well when you when you have uh, an offense okay that uh the expectations are are high which is you know you didn't shy away from it at the beginning of the season how do you have a sense of urgency but at the same time as a coach not trying to have a panic atmosphere through the whole situation. Yeah, and that's a that's there's kind of a fine line there because sometimes the sense of urgency feels like panic, and and yet, you know, you you want to a sense of urgency is just listen. We've we've got a one of the things we didn't do a very good job of is getting into the huddle, out of the huddle, getting lined up, getting even the calls from the sideline to the to either the quarterback or to to foyer on defense. We we do a better job there. Coaches can help facilitate that and just having that sense of urgency of just lining up um, out of the huddle and, and presenting the looks both offensively and defensively. We can do a much better job there. And then. You know, just how our, our mindset, just how we a, a, attack the play. And, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously it starts with the offensive line and defensive line. It can try to control the line of scrimmage right there and, and being physical. And, and then that kind of feeds off to everybody else. But, you know, and your quarterback, your quarterback, you want to have that sort of that, that energetic leadership sort of style during those during those types of games and and um, those are all things that, that that I can help kind of facilitate throughout the course of the week and just understand that that's the direction that we need to go you talked about it the offensive line you know DeForest Buckner week one last week is Chris Jones we know the challenge this week Will Anderson some a really good talent in on the interior in Houston as well but how has the O-line stepped up this week with uh, you know a lot of eyeballs on them really yeah, you know, and it and it takes you know it takes a few weeks to kind of settle in and gel. Uh, I think the the one thing that and this is why I try to play my guys as much as I can in preseason for this early season mentality. And you know, it takes it takes a little bit for those guys to gel, but they've responded extremely well this week, and and uh, I've had some really good practices. And, and really, it's just all about communication, getting guys on the same page. And, and obviously, that starts with Luke. You know, and then that branches out to, to the tackles from there. But, um, you know, that's that's where that's where we can um, sort of ride the shoulders of the offensive line or ride the backs of the offensive line, especially when they're rolling. Right. When we're ripping off six, seven, eight yard runs, 
well, let's let's keep that more momentum going, right? And let's keep that sort of uh, that drive and that that uh, uh, fire that the the offense feels, you know. And that's all part of that sense of urgency that that we need to feel. Well, you talk about uh, Trevor's energy and and how he is on a field. And body language is always so important for a quarterback because, I mean, everybody's always watching you, whether you want them to watch you or not. How has his body language been this week, and how has his energy been this week? It's been good. Um, you know, I think I think he understood, um, after going back and watching last week's game, just the, the, the opportunities that were missed. Yeah, you know, and, and for him to be in that elite category, right, he, he's got to be able to make those types of plays and, and do things right. And, and he learns from that. We all learn from that. And, and we coach better. Obviously, we can put our guys in better situations. But, you know, his leadership ability um, hasn't changed. He's still, he's still the guy. He still rallies the troops. He still wants to get extra work with his receivers and tight ends, you know, on the side and throw. And he does a great job, you know, sitting with Luke and the offensive lineman and, and going through protection calls and all that. And that's what you want out of your starter. And, 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 and we've seen that this week. And, and again, it's not that panic mentality, but it's just having a little bit more sense of urgency, understanding where we are. And the fact that, you know, we have a chance to be two and zero in our division, you know, at the end of the week. Head coach Doug Peterson with us on the Doug Peterson show. Well, on the defensive side of the ball, they're playing winning ball really the first couple of weeks. And, you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. Second in the league in takeaways. They held the Chiefs to 17 last week. A collective effort to get that done on the defensive side, and they, they deserve a tip of the cap, really. Yeah, defensively, they're, they're playing extremely well in these first two weeks. They're creating takeaways, which is what we've been talking about a lot from the offseason on through training camp and and uh, the ability to stop the run and kind of minimize that and, and really you know put the ball in the air. And when, and when the ball is in the air, we're doing a nice job in the coverage. Our communication is much better. Guys are in the right spots. We're creating some interceptions back there. Cisco had a big one last week and almost had two you know, from Patrick Mahomes. And you know, so we've got to just continue to ride that momentum, you know, as well. And and those guys have have really for two weeks in a row now have really kept the offense in both football games until the first week in Indy offense kind of caught their second win late in that football game. And then even last week, uh, having a chance to go down and tie the game, you know, there at the end. Watching the, the, the first two games, uh, the one guy that's really stood out to me is Foyer, Aluokan. I mean, just the, the leadership that he shows, getting guys lined up, but then – to have the uh, the ability to do all of that and to still focus in on on his job and play at a high level impresses me to no end. It really is, and and he's a, he's a tremendous leader. Um, you know, he's a captain for a reason, obviously. And and you know, it was warm last week, but he, he his energy and his motor kept going. Does he ever get tired? He it didn't seem like it. <laughs> you know, I know he does. He he falls exhausted when he comes off the field. You know, and sits on the bench. He's he's exhausted, but he just he just gasses up and gets ready to go. But he's a great leader over there. He he does a great job of communication, getting the guys lined up, controlling the defensive front and the back end with the uh, with the safeties and and all of that. So um, just someone that's very valuable to that defense right now. Let's take a look at the Houston Texans and start off with the pride of Jess Lanier High School in Bessemer, Alabama, D'Amico Ryans, first-year head coach, longtime linebacker in this league, cut his teeth as a defensive coach in San Francisco. It's a quick rise to a head coaching role. What do you know about D'Amico, and what do you like about him? Yeah, um, as a person, he's a, he's a tremendous person, um, great human being, just a, 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 you know well-spoken and, and just a, um, just a great guy. And – you know, he, he, he's kind of come up through, um, you know, sort of that, 
you know, um, Dan Quinn, uh, you know, Seattle-type defense. He was with Sala, obviously, in San Francisco. Kind of mm-hmm. came up through there and Sala and the Jets and what they've done now, you know. And, and, and of course, they've built a defense in San Francisco that they, they went out and got some, some defensive linemen and, and some, some linebackers. And, you know, and so now in Houston, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to build it through the front. You know, get the linebackers that they need and guys that have been in this system before. I'll tell you this. One of the things that you see when you put the film on, and it doesn't take many plays to see it, is how fast these guys are playing and how, how aggressive these guys are playing. And that's a, and that's a direct credit to, to D'Amico and, and, and the leadership that he's bringing to that football team. You see it on the offensive side as well. But, you know, his emphasis obviously is defense. And, and um, these guys play hard. And and um you know it's kind of been my message this week like you know this might be a you know an 0 and 2 football team right now but they're not playing like it and and they're playing extremely fast yeah and, and watching them um they obviously like to build through the front but that's kind of in process and you watch that front seven you can tell that it's I, mean, I don't want to be critical but it's not an overly talented group but what they have in the back end even though they've been missing some guys because of injury that's a pretty good group that will challenge your wide receivers in your passing game. Yeah, I, I like the secondary uh, of Houston and, and uh, their safeties in particular. And, and really, these guys are a great – and again, it's, it's when, you, when you watch the San Francisco tape, because we had to watch a little San Fran to kind of get a feel and then you know a couple games here with Houston. But those same thing, those safeties in San Fran, they're downhill guys. They're aggressive. They're around the line of scrimmage. I mean, and now Houston, same way. These guys are – around the box they're creating eight man eight man fronts um you know they're 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 keeping everything in front of them um they're they're you know creating some takeaways or at least some forced fumbles and things of that nature and and really again just playing aggressive and fast and um it's it's a it's a it's an impressive thing to to watch yeah on the, on the other side of the ball um I'm not a a, a diehard junkie for the draft, but, you know, Doug, I typically watch, you know, the top 100 guys, you know, just so I know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to our radio show. (laughs) Good idea. Okay. And uh, watching Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I was a total fan of C.J. Stroud. When he was at Ohio State, he just threw the ball effortlessly. He had the height. He had the size. Uh, he seemed to make big throws in key moments, and a lot of people want to hype it up as well. He had all this talent around him at Ohio State. Well, look, uh, I'm watching him now, and here he is, no interceptions. He's throwing the ball around, and he's doing it again effortlessly. It, it, it's, um, you know, his progression, obviously, into the NFL. That, that was probably one of the things, you know, the, the, from college to the NFL and taking over as a starter. Where was he going to go in the whole thing? And, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, a couple of the touchdown passes in the first couple of games, no interceptions. He's protecting the football. They're utilizing his strength, and that's the ability to get out of the pocket and throw on the run. And, and really, when he's in the pocket, too, he's able to make some really good, impressive throws. And like you said, the ball comes out effortlessly. It's a nice spiral. It's pretty accurate at times. And and um, it's just something you can work with right there. And, and I know they're young, and, and they're still working through some growing pains. But um, I really feel like he's going to be a good player in this league for a long time. And, and obviously, that's the reason why they, they drafted him when they did. Division game at home. Good chance to get back on track this week and, and get one in the back pocket. This would be a big one, right? This would be big. AFC South, another um, you know opponent here at home, and, and we got a rebound from last week. We didn't play our best football last week, and, and that was disappointing. Uh, but a chance to get get back on back on track this weekend. Thanks for the time, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Head Coach Doug Peterson with us. The Texans-Jaguars game presented by Renewal by Anderson. A better way to a better window. Visit rbafla.com. Chris Myers of Fox Sports in about 15 minutes. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.
come back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman, our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson. Joining us in studio ahead of week three. The Texans of the Jaguars coming up at the bank big this game. Sunday. Big ball game. They're all big, but this is uh, bigger than most. It's a division game that's coming off a loss that you felt like you didn't play that well as a team. And, you know, he's he just told us, you know, they got to practice better this week and feels like at least so far they have. And you got to take a step in the right direction on offense here. Uh, and, you know, the question I asked him about making sure that you have a sense of urgency without that sense of panic, I, I think that's a, that's critical. And Fine I, line. I think as a coach, you know, you gotta you got to be able to walk that line to demand but without coming off as, ah, he's just a crazed lunatic and, you know, we're going to be okay. <laughs> you know, but the reality is, is that they've got to get better. You know, as an offense, they're capable of more. Uh, look, if you had an offense and you're like, wallowing around the bottom of the league, and that's kind of what you are, okay, you know, that's – I don't want to say it's acceptable, but it's who you are. But you know that this offense can be capable of so much more because last year they were so dynamic towards the end of the season when they got rolling and Trevor was just, I mean, on the money. And right now there's multiple parts of the offense that are not functioning where it needs to function at. And it's, it's all got to get better, you know. But, but the one thing I think that Doug does a really good job of, and, and I always had a hard time with this, of, of, of appreciating and understanding this as a player. It's not where you are in week two or week three, although all of those games matter at the end of the year because they add them up. They count. Okay, they all go score. into different categories, yeah, right? Keeping score, the, the wins and losses count. But you want to be playing your best ball at the end. And so the, the journey of getting better never ends. And it's constant. It happens through the season. The challenge is, is that you're trying to get better while also dealing with road bumps uh, that happen along the way, whether it be injuries or what have you. And so it's a challenge. And – I think Doug's done a great job last year of, of making this team just continually get better as the season wore on. And I expect the same thing from him and his staff and, and this group of, of players. I think they will. That's been their um, M.O. That's how they go about it, you know. No panic. Just get better, improve. Well, and, I'm, imp- no, I'm, sure, I'm sure internally <laughs> any coach is a little more um, – Oh, what's the word? Um, PO'd? Yes, upset <laughs> about things the way they went down last week. However, their public presentation of it uh, is imperative to get this team the right way and get the right message across to them. Well, you got to make sure that, that you present the right emotion <laughs> That's right. and the right uh, presentation <laughs> to the players. You know, look, uh, today Press Taylor got in front of the media. Yeah, he did. (laughs) And it was great. And, you know, I mean, when you're the offensive coordinator, I mean, that's just – I mean, part of the gig is that you get second-guessed all the time. What did he say? I I was in Philly for eight years. I've heard it before. (laughs) And I can tell you, (laughs) Philly is like uh, ground zero for the most criticism that you can get of any NFL franchise. It's Philly and then it's New York. 
Okay, but Philly, I would say it's right at the top of the list. And as he said, you know, you just you've got to have thick skin. And you know, fortunately for him, he doesn't have time to read the social media or the TV or watch the TV, all those kind of things. But uh, you know, it's it's part of the deal. It's, it comes with it comes with being an offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinators get criticized way more on a play-by-play basis than a defensive coordinator. It's not even close. I don't know. Ask Todd Wash about that around here. Well, he took a lot of heat around here. Well, he did, but not on a play-by-play basis. I mean, JP, <laughs> you know, the, the fourth and five, you <laughs> yeah, were criticizing right. it earlier. Was I? Oh, yeah, you were. Was I? Yeah, to me you were. I, you know, what, really? Off air. And then you, oh, now we're sharing off air discussions. <laughs> just, now. Do we really want to start just, that game? I'm just we can play. It's a two way street I'm now. We can go. I'm just kidding. Hey, let's come back in a moment. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home. Check out zipchair.com and browse all customizable options. Zipchair furniture for fans. Now, I will say, I'm not a huge fan of the double pass uh, with, a See, there you, there with a franchise go. quarterback. Throwing it around. That's just me. But I just, you know, I just talk on the radio. I'm no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm just glad you waited until Doug left before you said oh, that. Yeah, I mean, no, come on. I'm, I know better than that. This is the Doug Peterson show. Of course, it is on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson show continues right now. The Doug Peterson show presented by Fresh from Florida. The Jaguars host the Houston Texans Sunday. One o'clock is the kickoff time at Everbank Stadium and should be a nice day for football. The Texans have not lost here in a long, long time. The Jaguars trying to snap that skid against a division rival. And of, uh, of course, the uh, game this Sunday presented by Renewal by Anderson, a better way to a better window. Visit RBAFLA.com. Texans offense against this Jaguars defensive group is playing pretty well overall. They've got a rookie quarterback, of course, C.J. Stroud. They've got an offensive line that is just beat to smithereens. Stroud has been hit 19 times and sacked 11 times already in only two games. But he hasn't thrown an interception yet, and he's putting up numbers, uh, oddly enough. So what do you think of Stroud so far in two games? um, You mentioned 58 completions which is the second most ever for a rookie in his first two games. Ever? Ever, which is impressive. Wow. Uh, I want to say the record is 60 completions, and I can't remember who – I'll find it out and break. I got it written down somewhere. But going into this next game, uh, he's looking at entering the top five as far as passing yards ever for the first three games for a rookie, which is crazy. I mean, he's – Cam Newton was number one for a little over 1,000 yards – um, uh, Justin Herbert or second at 931. So C.J. Stroud is not far away from kind of approaching the record books in that aspect as well. He, he's just been impressive. And he doesn't have a, a great wide receiver group. I mean, he's got one veteran guy and then one guy who I really like who's long and can run. Uh, but he doesn't have a running game. That's the part that I think is impressive. And they're putting a lot on his shoulders, and he's handled it. He's handled it very well. And to be able to be safe with the football uh, has been extremely impressive to me. Because, I mean, look, most rookies make a bad throw here or there. I mean, right? That's I mean, Trevor Lawrence, absolutely. To cover two, Anthony Richardson at Indy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, thinks that he's going to throw it over the head of Tyson Campbell. Doesn't put quite enough on it. 
ends up being an easy interception for Tyson Campbell. You haven't seen a mistake like that by C.J. Stroud. The one part that I don't think he's doing a very good job of, and that's protecting himself, and that you brought up the 11 sacks, and he's been hit how many times? 19, 19 times. That's a lot. Okay. He does not do a good job of protecting himself once he's leaving the pocket. He takes hits unnecessarily. What I mean is that he can just throw the ball away and avoid the hit. At times he doesn't do that. And at times when he does scramble, he's not very good at learning when to slide and where to slide. I mean, he's taking some shots. I mean, big-time shots. He took a shot against the Ravens. I was like, I can't believe he got up. Uh, He took a a helmet-to-helmet contact from – Oh, what was the the linebacker that the Ravens acquired from the Bears and trade Roquan Smith? Mm-hmm. Okay, Roquan comes in and just drills him. Right. But it was a legal hit because he becomes a runner at that point, and he's not trying to protect himself by going feet first. He was going, like, head first. And so he's got to do a better job with that after this game. <laughs> yeah, starting in week four. How about that? Yes, not in week three. How about that? Um, so, all right, that's C.J. Stroud. A little more on the Texans coming up later on the Doug Peterson Show. Up next, though, Chris Myers of the NFL on Fox. He'll have the call of the game this Sunday here at the bank. We'll get his thoughts on what the Texans are up to. And he's working with the uh, former great Vikings running back, Robert Smith. Correct. One of uh, one of my all-time favorites. A super smart guy. Had a great career. Big member of the uh, – NFL Players Association was vice president of a super guy, super guy. Chris Myers, when we come back, it's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. And the Doug Peterson Show is presented by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick with you. Jeff Lagerman back with us in just a little bit. Chris Myers hosts NASCAR coverage and much more on Fox Sports, and he has a full slate yet again of NFL games, including this week. He'll call the Texans-Jaguars matchup at Everbank Stadium this Sunday. Well, Fox covering an AFC game in the past, <laughs> that, would be, um, that wouldn't even be a possibility with the way the TV networks set it up. No rules anymore, though, when it comes to networks and conference affiliation. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a wide open with double games on Monday night and Thursday on, on on Amazon, and it's it has it's affected the inventory the way we used to see it. But the you know the the playoffs will still have mostly uh, AFC on CBS, NFC on Fox, and then the Super Bowl. But even that could could shift and change with uh, with certain streaming devices. But hey, it's a lot of money, good for the NFL. It opens up more uh, viewing opportunities in different ways, I think, for fans to see games. But I, you know, I'm originally from Florida, so I, I always enjoy, you know, getting getting back to Florida to, to do a game. But I actually did, you know, did the game last year with the Jags. It was, it was a rough one for them when they went to Detroit. We were expecting big things. And then after that, uh, yeah, obviously they didn't play well in that game, but after that they took off and then and then really changed the uh, their their view nationally when they had that that playoff win and that comeback against the Chargers. You know that really was the wake up call down the stretch for this team last season. Uh, I'm, it might be too early for that kind of wake up call, but last week <laughs> <laughs> might qualify against yeah. the Chiefs when you don't score a touchdown for an offense that's so widely regarded coming in. Uh, they've got to get it together pretty quick. 
Yeah, that well, it was shocking a little, and it is. It's only a couple of games, so the teams are sorting things out. But I, I, I would say uh, this offense will come around, especially having been around Doug Peterson, and I, I was the field sideline reporter when he was the coach with the Eagles and had that you know amazing run to the to the to the Super Bowl and title. So it was a, was a part of that and around him, and, and so I'm not surprised he's doing well uh, with Jacksonville and his quick his quick imprint here, but I, I, I would say the good news is the defense, which, which I think everybody has questions or at least did coming into the year, even with all that talent, right. That they're supposed to have, they've been very impressive. When you, and I, I think that's the positive in the chiefs game. Uh, I'm just surprised because I don't think the chiefs have an outstanding defense that, that the Jags couldn't put up more points. I mean, I followed the notes. I heard the comments about a week of practice and, and that type of thing. And, and, and certain things that, that didn't work out, but uh, I, I would expect the offense to come around. I mean, I, I, you know, if the defense could keep playing like they're playing and, and improving, cause that's still on their, uh, on their minds then that I think the Jags are going to be okay. Chris Myers, NFL on Fox. How tough a climb is this for D'Amico Ryans in Houston? And it, it helps when you have a second and third overall pick to really jumpstart your franchise. Yeah, big leap for him. We we did their Colts game there. Uh, Robert Smith and I I called that, and I uh, they just there's an offensive line. They can't run the ball. I mean, it's and I know I know they have a, Houston has this record historically against the Jags was a nine out of the last ten or whatever. But uh, this Houston team is going through a major uh, uh, transition, and, and D'Amico is a guy who you know could have had the Broncos job. Uh, told us, you know, I, you know, I brought it up. He said, I, I wanted to, to come to Houston, not just because I played here, but I, I wanted to be a part of turning things around and creating that atmosphere, that successful atmosphere that was here once before. So uh, you can respect him for that. Defensive-minded coach brings Bobby Slowick over, offensive coordinator for the 49ers under the Kyle Shanahan tree, who's kind of a young first-time first play caller learning on the job. But C.J. Stroud showed us something in, in the second half uh, – over 220 passing yards against the Colts, who have a very good defense, very underrated defense, um, with some talented players, uh, putting up some big numbers with without really any kind of a running game and, and running for his life the most uh, most of the time because of that 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 offensive line. And they have some skilled position players. So I thought we'd see a little more, and again, it's early, uh, and it's gelling, and they were missing their starting safeties. I thought we'd see a little better defense from from the Texans just because of the kind of coach D'Amico is and, and the way he works with his guys. But I, I think he's still finding his way with with who's healthy there. Uh, so they have, they have a little bit of an opposite problem. Not that their offense is going to light it up, but but Stroud can throw the ball. Uh, he's he's he, I mean, I saw him in college do it, and I was like, yeah, it's NFL level. Um, he, he's a guy to watch, uh, and, and, and I think uh, with the right kind of support, can be a star in the league. It's Chris Myers of Fox Sports contributes to the network's NFL, NASCAR, Major League Baseball, Premier Boxing, and Westminster Kennel Club dog show coverage. He does it all for Fox Sports. He's got the call of the game this Sunday on Fox for the Texans and the Jaguars. The full conversation coming Saturday on the official Jaguars podcast network. We'll return with the Jaguars offensive line and Jeff Lagerman back with us. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. The Texans and the Jaguars coming up. At the 1 o'clock kickoff time Sunday at Everbank Stadium. Should be a great crowd again. The Jaguars at 1-1, one one, the Texans at 0-2. Oh 
Well, uh, we all know what happened last week on offense. It's been, uh, you know, we've talked about it all day and all week, and it will be a topic until it is not a topic anymore, and that's the lack of execution and big moments, certainly at the goal line. Uh, the red zone was 0 for 3 last week. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence was 0 for 7 passing in the red zone last week. The offensive line, Chris Jones got loose against them a handful of times most of the day. Uh, let's, let's go to that offensive line. That's been a real – because that's where it begins. If the line has issues, then the quarterback, in theory, has issues after that, and it just kind of rolls downhill the wrong way. Um, but they know they have to play better. Talking to some of those guys in the locker room this week, they understand that's not good enough, and um, it's just a matter of going out there and, and trying to play together better as a unit, right? Yeah, and, and a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people's reaction is, is that change the lineup, you know, put somebody else in. and Yeah. And that's not always the right answer. And you know, when you come out of the preseason nowadays in the National Football League, because of the limited amount of playing time, I think sometimes things can be a little rough. And not all teams are coming out of the preseason like that, but this team certainly has come out of it a little bit rough. And you got to give it time to gel. And you got to also kind of stick with your plan of saying, hey, look, the reason that we have these five guys starting week one and that we're going to stick with them through week three and, and also the weeks coming is because they have a belief and an understanding that that's the best five that gives them the best chance to win. <laughs> Excuse me. And they just need to play a little bit better across the board. And if they take a little step this week and getting better, and then the next week you take a little step, you know, then you keep taking all these steps. All of a sudden you're at a place where you want to be. And this week I think is an easier week to take that step. Because the Texans don't present a challenge like Brenson Buckner, like Chris Jones, like uh, 90 uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. What's his name? Uh, the other defensive tackle that yeah. lines up alongside Buckner. Did you say Brenson Buckner? Did I, did I you say said Brenson Buckner. He's the defensive Excuse line me. coach. Excuse DeForest, DeForest Buckner. Buckner. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Sorry. wait a minute. It's flashbacks. DeForest Buckner. <laughs> and so when you've got guys like that, I mean, those are, those are challenge guys. Yeah, yeah right. And uh, when when the Chiefs lined up Chris Jones on the outside against Anton Harrison, I went <laughs> in the chess in the chess game of moves. That was one of the better ones because you have a rookie tackle, which I would be surprised if the Jaguars were expecting that. But Joe Cullen, you know the old defensive coordinator that was here in 2021. And then was the coach of the Rushman for many years here in Jacksonville, a highly respected defensive line coach. He takes Chris Jones and puts him out over, over Anton Harrison. You know, Harrison is a rookie. He's a rookie that came out of the preseason with a right shoulder that was a little bit of a concern. And what better way to test that shoulder out from a power standpoint than to put Chris Jones over there? So – I give the Chiefs defensive coaching staff, and I don't know if that was Steve Spagnola or Joe Cullen, but it was a it was a great move, and it paid off. But I will say that Chris Jones didn't just make hay over Anton Harrison. Yeah, he was he wasn't alone out there, by the way, because well, Jones much, was moving around pretty much everywhere he lined up. Uh, he did well, and including over the veteran brand sheriff. Which you know you'd like to have your veteran guy play well against Chris Jones, but you know sheriff the one thing that he has struggled with in the past is with the power game. 
super athletic, but you put him in a phone booth with a big, strong guy, that's where he struggles a little bit or can struggle a little bit. And Chris Jones is just an absolute freak. I mean, there's not many guys like that in the National Football League. That's why he held out. You know, if, if you had to name the most dominant defensive front guys in the league, okay, Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's number You're starting one. there. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jones, he's number two. Right there. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Uh, T.J. Watt. Yeah. Miles Garrett. Sure. Um, who else would I'd you put, put in? put Forrest Buckner in there, right? Buckner's he's pretty close. Yeah. He's in the top ten for sure, probably. He traded first-round picks for him, and he plays big. But, so. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, those those guys are elite. I mean, elite. And they didn't seem to have an answer once Chris Jones started to line up out there. And that's a challenge. And it's not easy. You know, you wish your rookie was able to throw the anchor out a little bit, but Chris Jones kind of went back to the same move every time. Power rush ripped to the outside. And that's – he's a big man, strong man. I wasn't expecting that. No. So I, I, I thought they'd put him over against uh, Barch because the week before, Ben struggled against Buckner, okay, DeForest Buckner, yeah, okay. not Brenson Buckner. Okay, good. <laughs> Struggled against Buckner. Right. And so I thought that they would put him over there, which, I mean, I'm sure, look, any offensive lineman going into a game and all of a sudden you see Chris Jones come your way, you're just going, oh, boy. oh here we go. This is going to be a rep right here. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to get one. That's what it is. And that's the, way, that's the way it is when you're going against a great player. You just – you know, buckle up and throw the anchor and, and try to hold on. You know, and the one thing about Chris is is that Chris is just so powerful, and he has moves. He does, he's got a, a, a just a, a really nice swim move. The first thing you think about with Chris Jones is power, right? And so as an offensive lineman, you're trying to sit on that power. Well, then when he does that little swim move, you're, you're kind of – anchoring down, and all of a sudden he does that little slip move, and you know what you're left blocking? Air. air Nothing right. but air. Mm-mm. Challenge. But there's not there's not a 95 this week. You know, there might be a they, 95 jersey number, but not yeah, like not, a 95 in ability. Not the powerful 95. Is there a 95 on the Texans? I'm sure there is. I mean, there's only so many numbers. There is. It's Derek Rivers, the, the newly signed off the practice squad, Derek Rivers. There you go. Derek Rivers. Yeah. It's not the same. I'm, but that's not Chris Jones. I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of Derek Rivers tape, but I must say I'm going to guess he's not Chris Jones. Uh, well, he's 6'5", 250. He's not Chris Jones. No. Yeah, most aren't. We're back in a moment, and the injury report. We'll update that. It has been announced. Both teams. We will take a look when we return. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. And the Doug Peterson Show is presented by Fresh from Florida. Texans Jaguars coming up Sunday, 1 o'clock the kickoff time. At Everbank Stadium. Then it's off to London. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Business to attend to first before the Jags hop across the Atlantic. The injury report has been announced for Thursday. We'll go through the Jaguars uh, players who are listed. Zay Jones for the second straight day did not practice with a knee injury. That's not trending uh, well at all. 
So you would imagine at least not practicing two days. Well, we'll see what happens Friday. But um, uh, knee issue for Zay at the wide receiver spot. Antonio Johnson has not practiced yet. Hamstring injury for the rookie safety out of A&M. Uh, Josh Allen limited with a shoulder issue again today. Andrew Wingard limited again today with a shoulder issue. Brandon Sheriff was back. He missed yesterday, not injury-related with a personal matter. He was full today. And Foley Fadakasi with a shoulder injury did not practice Wednesday, limited today. That's a step in the right direction. Now, to the Texans. They have a long list, by the Mm. way. And a lot of it's in the secondary. A a little bit of this, just a quick little note here. Their general manager comes from the New England Patriots School of Thought when it comes to injury reports, Nick Casario. So you kind of have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Wasn't Tom Brady on it for like 12 years straight or something? Uh, Yes, and so uh, yeah, a little bit of gamesmanship (laughs) happening with the injury report in Houston nowadays. Questionable with a wrist or whatever. Uh, All right, so this is Denzel Perryman, uh, linebacker, hand and wrist injury, has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. Jalen Petrie, uh, safety, chest injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Tavier Thomas, cornerback, hand issue, has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. Uh Uh-oh. Derek Stingley Jr. was not on the report Wednesday, injured his hamstring in practice, did not practice today. Derek Stingley, the cornerback, first-round pick. He had a hamstring injury a lot last season as well. So those are the major ones. Uh, most everybody else, Laramie Tunsil limited yesterday and today the tackle uh, with a knee issue. The rest were full today. There were a bunch of guys limited yesterday. All the rest of those guys are back. Full. Right, I won't so go through them all. Looking at that injury report, yep. okay, Stingley, yep. hamstring, yes. practice yesterday. Okay, uh, did, starting, cor- start, starting corner, yes. okay. Tavier Thomas, yes. hand, did not practice today, right? Correct. Okay, that's your starting nickel yep. corner. Okay, Jimmy Ward, what did he do? Ward, full today. Hip okay, in. he was full. He was limited yesterday, full today, the safety. Okay, he, he was inactive this past game with a hip, okay, starting safety. Jalen Petrie yeah, uh, did not practice today, he correct? Was out two days in a row. With a chest. Yep. Okay, so you're looking at, with Stingley and Tavier Thomas, two starting corners, okay, a nickel and a corner, and then Jalen Petrie, a safety, you're looking at three – out of five of the defensive backs possibly may not be available for this game Sunday. Yeah. And, and then you throw in Denzel Perryman, linebacker, on top of that. He has and a he's, practice. He's a good football player. Right? I mean, that's, that's a lot of guys. Yeah, he's a veteran player. He's active. He's physical. He's fast. And if they don't have him, I, uh, be, it'll be interesting now um, because they, they are young. Okay, so uh, Toyo Toyo. Did I say that right? Henry To'o To'o. To'o To'o. To'o To'o. To'o To'o. Henry To'o To'o, first-year player out of Alabama's linebacker. And then they've got a very young linebacker on the other side, Christian Harris, with Perryman in the middle. And he's kind of been that glue, that veteran guy in the middle. Now you take that away. Oh, now you're going to be a little bit concerned if you're a defensive coordinator because who's going to be the captain of the ship? That's right. It's true. I mean, you got to have you got to have a linebacker that can step up in front of the huddle, that can call uh, adjustments, et cetera, that can communicate with the defensive line and the linebacking unit. I don't know if they've got another guy that they trust to that level. Well, you're about next. to find out if that's the case, you know. And what is Perryman's thing? What is what is his injury? Hand slash wrist. Hand slash wrist. And what is Tavier Thomas? Hand. 
have some hand injuries. Okay. All right. It'll be interesting. Something to watch. Something to watch. You might want to write that down, Logs. I got it. Okay, good. You got it on your sheet. I got it on my sheet. You know me, man. I got everything written down on my sheet for game day, baby. That's what you do. Uh, But you got to take advantage of that. If, If that's going to be the case for Houston on defense. You and that may get, that may be part of the gamesmanship, you know, Tommy or Thomas. You know. I, mean, I don't know about that. You, you don't practice for two, two days, days in a row. That's a concern. Now, uh, with a veteran guy yeah. like Perryman, maybe different. Uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, and Tavier Thomas is a veteran guy too. But a lot of times you'll see don't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday, full go Friday, and you're good. Right. Like that's the normal. Yeah, the trend in the right direction. Yeah. The old trend, yeah. Could be a little gamesmanship. You never know. So They can't think? lie, though. Can't lie. Yeah, right. you can't. You Like if a, if a player. If you practice today and you can't say you didn't practice. For example, like when we go out to practice, okay, the first 20 minutes of practice are available to the media. Mm-hmm. So a coach can't, for example, like if, if I'm D'Amico Ryan's. Okay, the media's out there, and I, and I don't have Tavier Thomas, and I don't have Denzel Perryman practicing. Okay, the media's out there. They see that they're not practicing. Okay, now the media is no longer allowed to watch. We're getting into the meat and potatoes of game planning. Media now leaves the practice field. I can't all of a sudden take Denzel Perryman and Tavier Thomas and bring him out of a, a closet and say, all right, guys, come on out, and you can practice now. You can't do that. I mean, the league would come down on you so big was such a massive fine if you were lying on the injury report about practice participation. So when I say there's gamesmanship, there probably is a lot of gamesmanship about what the exact nature of the injury is. And then once they designate a player as questionable or doubtful, then I think there can be gamesmanship there. Because there's a guy – there's. I'm sure there's guys all the time that are, you know, they're going to play. Uh, doubtful. Wow. Well, and no. he's questionable. Ah, you know, coin flip, you know, because that's what coin. Yeah, and he comes running sure. out of the tunnel on Sunday, ready to go. Yeah, 100 miles an hour and looks fresh and new. You know? The old Mark Brunel thing. He was injured all week and then he comes running out of the tunnel. Here he comes. Yeah. That's, I wonder what the fine would be. I don't even want to know. You know, and who would get fined? The club would uh, get fined. Yeah. Uh, the head coach does the general manager get fined? Uh, I, I don't if, know. if they're lying on a weekly injury report, I don't know that. You might lose, it's, if it's that bad. You, I mean, they could go after some draft picks too. You never know. That that ooh. you know. Hey, let's come back. Um, our uh, final thoughts. It's week three coming up, and all access TV tonight as well. Excited, excited. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson in the opening segment each and every week. Joining us in studio on Thursdays, Chris Myers has the call of the game on the NFL on Fox. We heard from him. The full conversation on the official Jaguars podcast network coming up Saturday. The Texans-Jaguars game presented by Renewal by Anderson. A better way to a better window Visit rbafla.com. Uh, thanks to Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, Andrea Curry, Eric Waringa, uh, William Pease, Kate Waskey for their assistance on the programs today. 
Well, Logs, what do you think? Well, does does it Chris Myers do the preseason Tampa Bay Buccaneer games? He might. I thought he did. He yeah. might. Yeah, he might. Thought um, I've seen him there a couple times. How are you feeling about this one? Um, kind of anxious a little bit. Anxious. Yeah, I mean anxious. Uh, just because it's a game in which if the Texans come out and play well early, I think you can have a team that all of a sudden starts to tighten up a little bit because, you know, you're, this Jaguars football team offensively, especially if they don't play well early on, you know, you, you wonder how the reaction would be. Mm. And, uh, and then, again, when you play a team that, you know, you, you, you're – I don't want to say expected to beat because I'm but, – but, yeah, you are expected to beat the Texans. Yeah. You give them early life, they get, they gain they gain confidence in a big way, and it's a challenge now. If you don't put pressure on that young quarterback, he will make you pay. Jaguars all access tonight. Who you got? Quick, Christian Kirk, wide receiver, Strings, Kai, and Brett Martineau. All of the above. Yep. String Sports Brewery tonight, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Uh, that'll do it for the Doug Peterson Show for Jeff Longman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.